I'm excited today because we're going to continue a series that I started week before last entitled Dominion. How many want to live a life of dominion? A life of victory? God's Word says, thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You're never going to be able to live a life of victory and dominion the way God wants you to outside of Him. But in Him, church, you have that victory and you have that dominion where life doesn't beat you up. Yes, you'll face trials and tribulations and different things all through life. Life is not perfect on this broken world. But through it all, church, know without a doubt you have victory in Jesus. Amen? I want to I especially welcome our uh, Abundant Life uh, TV network today. They're going to be showing this uh, tomorrow uh, on their TV program. And it's an opportunity for us to reach uh, millions of people through the, through the TV over in uh, Iran, especially Pastor Adnan, but also not only in the Middle East, but also in Africa and also in Europe. So what a, what a, what a wonderful opportunity. Let's give them a welcome. Amen. Well, turn with me today to Matthew, the last chapter of Matthew. We're going to begin our study there. Matthew 28, and we're going to begin in verse 16. Verse 16. The resurrection of Jesus is an accomplished fact by this time. Jesus has risen from the dead, and it's been uh, several days, probably closer to two weeks in time. And the scripture tells us that Jesus was seen by upwards of 500 people. Now the Bible doesn't tell us when all those people saw Jesus. Most Bible scholars believe that it was probably at his ascension. But we do know, according to scripture, that there were over 500 eyewitness accounts to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? I love that fact. I want us to begin with verse 16. Let's read together. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the, all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. As we look at this passage today, again, it's following probably a couple of weeks since the resurrection of Jesus. The people have seen him. And that's why Peter, in his epistle, in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter makes this statement. He says in verse 16, For we do not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power, everybody say the power, and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Amen. 
Peter's making sure that they understand we're not talking about fables. We're not talking about cute little stories. We were eyewitnesses to the power and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? How many want to experience that same power and resurrection in your life? Amen. Amen. Today I'm entitling the message, Extending His Dominion. Last time we talked about the fact that God intended, in in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28, we see God intended for man to have dominion in this world. It's plain, it's there. But man sinned and he forfeited his dominion because he believed the lie of the enemy. And the Bible tells us that the enemy is the prince of the power of the air, that he's the God of this age, that he is the one that's in dominion except for those who come into Jesus' kingdom. And for those that believe in Jesus and accept Him as Lord and Savior and begin to follow Christ, guess what? We experience the dominion of Jesus, His rule in our lives, and His rule through our lives. And so I want to talk to you because we're living in a world today that needs to experience Jesus. The only hope for our nation is Jesus. And Jesus has called upon us to partner with Him to extend His presence and power wherever we go. His rule, His dominion. So church, we have a lot to do. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. I want us to look at uh, verse 17 again. This is interesting in our text here in in, uh, chapter 28 of Matthew. Look at verse 17. When they saw him, these are the disciples, when they saw him, they worshipped him. But listen to this. But some doubted. And you read that and you think, why? I mean... They, they know he died on the cross. They saw what he went through. And, 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 and now they, there's over 500 of them that are eyewitnesses to the resurrected Jesus. His presence is there. But there was still a residue of doubt, even in the midst of worship. And there's a powerful message there, church. If you're struggling and doubt is trying to come against you, guess what? You need to worship him. You need to worship Him. Because I want you to notice, even though there was a residue of doubt, and we all struggle with doubt from time to time, it tries to come against us. Well, God really isn't that good. God really doesn't love you. God hasn't saved you. All those lies from the enemy, He will speak those. And and guess what, church? That's when we need to make sure That we're living in the dominion of Jesus Christ. And say, devil, that's a lie from the pit of hell and I'm not going to receive that. I'm going to continue to live by faith and welcome the presence and the power of the true and the living God in my life and through my life. In this verse, it talks about the authority in heaven. In verse 18, I want us to see this. And Jesus came... And spoke to them saying, all authority. I like that word all, don't you? 
There's no authority greater than Jesus. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now I want to clarify that for just a second. What is he speaking about when he speaks about heaven there? Well, I want you to think about it just logically. Before the worlds were created, before man was created... There was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and they were one in heaven. Is Jesus saying that he earned a greater authority after the resurrection? No. He already had all ultimate authority in heaven. Amen? So what is he talking about there? Well, many, many places throughout Scripture, the word heaven or heavens is used in speaking about the invisible realm. And I believe that's what he's addressing there. He's addressing because of the resurrection, because of the cross, because of what Jesus did, all the invisible realm, which would be Satan, it would be the demons, it would, it would also include the angels, the spiritual realm, the unseen realm. And church, if you have a problem with the unseen realm, You've got a big problem because everything that we see in the physical realm originated in the spiritual realm. Amen? The spiritual realm is the greater. So in this passage, I believe that Jesus is declaring His authority over the invisible realm. And that's where the Bible tells us our conflict is, our battles are. Amen? Now, they can manifest in the, in the physical realm. There's no doubt about that. But in Ephesians, it says, We wrestle not against uh, flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, the rulers of darkness. It's talking about the spiritual realm. And Jesus is declaring, I have all authority over the spiritual realm. Amen? Are you thankful for that? When Jesus... Uh, says in his baptism in Jordan, do you remember that? In the bapt when Jesus was baptized, it says that the heavens were opened. And remember, the Holy Spirit comes, comes down upon Jesus. What was happening? The, the physical realm was being invaded by the spiritual realm. There was a, a tearing, a rending between the spiritual realm and the physical realm. And Jesus sees the spiritual realm. So many times in Scripture, we encounter that. And at that moment, His mission, Jesus' mission and His ministry were opening up before Him. Think about this. Jesus never did one miracle until after He was baptized and the Holy Spirit des descended upon Him. Right? Now, he was the sinless son of God, but he wasn't truly anointed. And that's what the Messiah means, the anointed one, right? He, yes, he, he was uh, the son of the living God, but he hadn't received the anointing of the Messiah until the, the heavens were rent and, and the Holy Spirit comes upon him. And then he was equipped to fulfill the mission of the Messiah. I love that. Jesus 
gives the commission to go to his church in in Matthew 28 and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, right? In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. And he tells us that he's going to be with us to the end of the age. So the commission promise is a promise of Jesus' presence always being with us, right? Because he is our source to have victory. It's not a a dominion that you have on your own. It's not a, a victory that you have on your own ability. It's victory in Jesus. But you don't have to fear what you're going to face because he's promised, I'm always going to be with you. I'm always going to be with you. And he's teaching there to, to go, and he tell, in verse 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. How can we do that? Because we are equipped the same way Jesus was equipped to fulfill his mission, through the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can't do it without him. Note this, the promise is given again by the Lord in an atmosphere of worship, notwithstanding the fact that some doubted. I always want you to remember that because that's so important because we're attacked by the enemy with doubt and fear and unbelief, all these things. And it's in that atmosphere of worship that Jesus gave this command. So I want you to notice this again. Look at verse 18. Verse 17 ends with some doubted. But what does Jesus do in verse 18? And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. You don't lose the power of Jesus' victory in your life when there's a residue of doubt attacking your life. Jesus gave them the command, even though there was residue of doubt, He said, go, all authority is mine. All power is mine. Amen. All victory is mine. And I'm not going to leave you, so go. So if you're struggling with doubt, remember, Jesus is with you and it's his authority, his power, his victory in your life. And if you're struggling with doubt, it doesn't matter You just worship Jesus and he's going to lead you to let that victory and that dominion flow through your life. I love that. Anybody else love that? (laughs) Amen. Now I want to look at Mark's account. Let's jump over to the last chapter in Mark, Mark 16. Because Mark... Let's look at verse 14. Later, he appeared, Jesus is who it's talking about, to to the 11. As they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. This is a day before the scene we just read. So they were dealing with doubt even then. But while they were still in the upper room in this gathering, I want us to see in verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Sounds very similar to Mark's rendition. 
He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now listen to what he says in verse 17. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sit down at the right hand of God, the the throne of God, the place of all authority. Verse 20, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Note the Lord's proclamation here, the commission here, the promise is is specific and and manifestations are going to take place, he says, as he sends the, the church out. First of all, there's the phenomenon of speaking of tongues. Then it says there is a miracle-working power casting out demons and healing the sick. There's evidence not of our own dominion or our own victory, but there is evidence of Jesus' dominion and power and victory through our lives. Amen? Now we believe that that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we believe in this church according to Scripture that we still operate in the dominion and the victory and the power of God's Holy Spirit flowing into our lives and flowing through our lives. Amen? That's how we extend the, the dominion that Jesus has given us by going and telling people about Him. Church, don't ever be shy about telling somebody about Jesus. Don't. Now be discerning listen to the Holy Spirit and speak when the Spirit tells you yes now's the time but have a boldness you say well I've been told I can't talk about Jesus at my job are you going to put your boss and your job ahead of God's word that's a tough decision Who's your, who's your source of provision? Is it your job, job? Is it your boss? Or is it Jesus? Amen. You say, well, what happens if I lose my job? God will give you a better one. Don't be afraid if the Holy Spirit prompts you to speak to someone about Jesus. Don't be worried about you're going to look like a kooky fanatic. Don't worry about that. Somebody will call me a Bible thumper or a holy roller. We're going to stand before Jesus one one day and he's going to say, how did you answer my commission? Did you go in my dominion, in my victory, in my power? Did you share? Did you minister? And we see in this passage that there's there's powerful things that are going to take place. It also uh, speaks of the phenomenon of speaking with tongues. It's mentioned here before it happened in the book of Acts. Jesus prepared them. They probably didn't have any idea what he meant by that at that time. Or at least a full understanding of it. 
But church, don't be afraid of it. It's the Word of God. Amen? And miracle to to cast out demons. Church, we shouldn't be afraid of, of the spiritual demonic realm. I've had people say, well, pastor, I don't want to come to a prayer meeting because if I start praying and God starts moving, then the devil's going to come and attack me. I've had people say that. Greater is he, Jesus, who is in you than he who's in the world. He has all power and all authority. Amen. So we, we battle through prayer. We battle through living the life and going and ministering the love and the life of Jesus. Another verse I want to share with you speaks of the purpose that Jesus came. Listen, 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. God wants to do that through us. He's already destroyed the works of the devil through the cross but he wants us to go and enforce the work of the cross wherever we go amen that's telling people about jesus that's going and praying for people seeing seeing them ministered to in colossians this goes along with that i love this passage colossians chapter 2 verse 13 and you being dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made alive together with him, having forgiven all trespasses. Aren't you thankful that Jesus forgives all of our trespasses? Having wiped out the handwriting of, a, of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. That, that, you know, I've had this many times throughout the years. People come and say, I've been in the service and I did this years ago. Have people write down all the sin that they've ever committed in their life that they can remember and write it down on a piece of paper. And then at the end of, of the service, take it and take a nail and nail it to the cross. And it's powerful. And that's what the verse is talking about, church. Are you excited that all your transgressions are, are forgiven? Are you excited that everything that was written down about your sin has been nailed to the cross? And look at verse 15. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. And it's speaking of the cross. The cross is our victory! Jesus did it all. He paid the price so that we can live in victory and dominion in this world. Church, don't go around. I see so many Christians, you know, hi. How are you? It's the Eeyore syndrome. You know, there's a black cloud and it's always raining. How are you? Oh, I'm okay. That's not the stance of a victor. Amen? We walk with authority and and not our own authority. I can't emphasize that enough. Because sometimes when people start learning this, they start walking around with their chest up and a little Holy Spirit strut, you know. 
Look at me. I'm, a, I'm living in dominion. You ain't nothing without Jesus. Amen? So there's, there's a contrast there. We're not little Eeyore, and we're not sticking our chest out, saying, look at me, I've got dominion. We're, we're in between that, focused on Jesus, realizing all of our power, all of our authority was accomplished by Jesus on the cross. But we are to partner with Him and be instruments of that power and of that authority. So when we encounter someone that, needs, that is sick, that needs healing, we're ready to pray for them. We pray not because we think there's something special about us, because there is something special about Jesus. Amen? Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. And what is this exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe? Did you hear that? What is this exceeding greatness of His power towards you who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And He put all things under His feet and gave Excuse me, and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus fills us. And we, when he fills us with his spirit, we're ready to partner with him and to make a difference in this world. I, I love how this says, and he put all things under his feet. And then he says, he's our head. We're his body. Guess what? That means all things are under our feet. And if there's something that you're battling that isn't under your feet at the moment, you keep praying, you keep going forward, you keep putting that thing under your feet according to the word. Amen? I love that. That's the way we should live. Remembering what Jesus has done for us and who we are in Him. In Ephesians, the next chapter, chapter 2, verse 6, it says this. And He raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're invited to be seated spiritually along Jesus on the throne. Just think about that. Is that the life you're living right now? Seated by Jesus and all His authority and power? I don't know about you, but I like that. Amen? I'm not going to be an Eeyore. And I know there's going to be battles. And I'm not going to strut around how powerful I am and I'm a ruler in this world. I'm going to be Right where Jesus wants me, focusing on Him and saying, Jesus, I want to partner with you and I want to make a difference in this world. I want to lay hands on the sick and see them healed. I want to tell people about Jesus. I want to minister the love and the life of Jesus wherever I go. You are still the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're still a miracle-working Savior and Lord. The only hope for our nation is Jesus. 
And it's Jesus working through you. It's the church going out and being the church and saying, we're not going to let the spiritual darkness rule in our community. We're coming and we're going to push back the darkness in Jesus' name. We're going to push back the darkness. You're raised up together. You're seated with Him. Dominion is entrusted to those who will come and accept their place of partnership with Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus there is the Son of God, and we talked about it earlier, but He wasn't equipped to be the Messiah yet. But when He was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down upon Him, and He was equipped. He was anointed. I want to read a a portion out of Matthew chapter 3, verse 14. This is where John the Baptist didn't want to baptize Jesus. Because he recognized it should be the other way around. Jesus, you ought to be baptizing me. He says, and John tried to prevent Jesus, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And you are coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And we talked about that a little bit before. He was fulfilling all righteousness. It doesn't mean he was gaining a a greater righteousness. He was being equipped by the Holy Spirit, which is a righteous thing, to do what God had called him to do. He was being equipped to go and die sinless on the cross. He He was being equipped to go and accomplish everything that he needed to do for you and I. In the Garden of Gethsemane, you remember, he said, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But he was willing, and he was equipped to be able to endure the beatings, endure the mocking, the ridicule, the crown of thorns, the plucking of his beard, the the nails that were piercing his hands and his feet. All those things he went through. He was being prepared. And it was through the Holy Spirit that enabled him. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Church, if we're going to fulfill all righteousness and we're going to live in dominion, it's not going to be because of you and me and what we do. It's going to be because we surrender everything to Him. Everything to Him. And finally, I want us to look at chapter 4 in Luke. Luke chapter 4 in verse 5. Satan here, this is the wilderness experience, and Satan is coming and tempting Jesus. And I want us to see something important in verse 5 through 8. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Now, I don't believe that the kingdoms that it's speaking about there are the nations of the world. In some places, you could interchange kingdom with nation. But here, I believe just like God's kingdom is a spiritual kingdom, He's showing him all of the demonic kingdoms 
of the world. Let's go on. He showed them the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory. I want you to notice something important there. Jesus does not deny that the devil has that authority. Other places in Scripture, when someone says something that isn't correct, Jesus corrects them. He says, you say this, but I say, and he corrects them. He didn't correct the devil because of what we've been talking about in this teaching. The devil had authority. And the devil is tempting Jesus, offering him. He says, I will give you the authority over all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. See, Satan says, it's been delivered to me. Jesus doesn't refute that. Verse 7, therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Jesus wasn't going to take a shortcut to the dominion of all the kingdoms of the world. He was going to do it the Father's way. The Father had a plan. The plan was the cross. And Jesus wasn't going to cut short and, and take the temptation of the enemy. And there's a powerful truth for us there, church. You can't shortcut the pathway to dominion by bypassing the cross. If you want genuine, real victory and dominion in your life, you come through Jesus and His cross. The devil will offer you a fake dominion, a false dominion. He'll offer you things in this world, but it isn't the dominion that God has for His sons and daughters. Amen? And that's the dominion I want in my life. That when we face the temptations, the trials, all these things... We know that we can have victory over them because it's already been accomplished on the cross. Amen? One more verse in Revelation chapter 1. Verse 5, the last part of the verse, and then verse 6. To Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. It's talking about Jesus and His blood cleansing us. Now listen to verse 6. And has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Did you get that? What does a king do? He rules. Jesus says, you are all kings. And you're all priests. What does a priest do? He worships God and brings others to worship God. I want you to turn to somebody sitting next to you and tell them, in Jesus, you're a king. Do you like that? 
What do kings do? They rule. Jesus tells us in His Word there, every one of us is a king under the ultimate King of Kings. And that we are to take His authority, His dominion that comes into our lives, and His, His, His blood that washes us from all unrighteousness, and, and He will equip us to take His dominion and to be kings and to rule in life instead of life knocking you around and ruling over you. Don't let anything rule in your life except Jesus. Don't let alcohol or drugs or pornography or any other sin rule in your life. Jesus will come and He will set you free and He will make you a king to rule in life and to take that rulership wherever He sends you. Amen? I want our church to be ascending point for kings where people come in and they may ha have that little eeyore cloud over their life saying oh woe is me life stinks and then you die And I want to see Jesus get a hold of them and they learn His truth and learn the victory and the dominion that they have in Jesus Christ. And they leave this place on fire, ready to go out and tell the world, you don't have to live like Eeyore. You can live in victory. The victory that comes through Jesus Christ. And when you face the attacks of the enemy, He's under your feet. He's under your feet. He's under your feet because Jesus said, I'm a king. Are you a king? If you've surrendered everything in your life to him, you've accepted him as your savior, you've welcomed him, you're following him. You've been translated, we talked about it last time, you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's Dear son. Amen? So wherever you go, you're an agent, a diplomat for the kingdom of God. And when he brings you into the darkness of places of this world, you're going to shine. And you're going to shine bright. Whether it's... Whether it's in your workplace, whether it's with friends or in a club, wherever you go, maybe it can be in Walmart or Fred Myers. It doesn't matter. It, there's darkness everywhere in this world, and you can shine brightly where people recognize there's something different about you. Amen? I heard a testimony this week, and worship team, you can come. It was a a man in the military, I just caught the last part of it, but he was giving his testimony. I don't even know his rank, but he had been in some firefights and gone through some things and seen horrible things. And he said that all the men that were fighting with him later came up to him and said, there's something different about you. They didn't know what it was. But they recognized as he went through this battle, 
He, he wasn't afraid. He was just doing his duty. He was going forward and, and accomplishing what he had to do. And, and every one of these men around him came up and said, what is it? What is it? And he said, it's Jesus. And I want to leave this thought with the men especially. When you surrender all to Jesus, it does not make you less of a man. It makes you more of a man. He didn't run in the battle. He didn't get out and hide. He did what he had to do. There wasn't fear because he knew to be absent from the body was to be present with the Lord. And every one of those men around him saw something different in his life. He was living a life of dominion. He was living a life of victory. And church, I don't want you to experience anything less than God's dominion and victory for your life. Will you stand with me? I want to ask the prayer team to come forward and some to come forward and some others to gather around the back of the auditorium. And I really feel like today there are some of you that you need to just find one of our prayer team members and you need to pray about a situation because there's a situation in your life right now where you're, you're in that battle, but, but you need to understand the victory you have in Jesus and you need to apply the, the, the power of the cross to this situation and to see this under your feet. And you may be here today and you've never heard a teaching on this and and you're just trying to take it all in. If you're here and you've never accepted Jesus, today is the day to say yes to Him. Find someone and pray with them today. Or maybe you have a friend that's going through a battle and you want to come and agree with one of our prayer team and you're going to take the battle to the enemy. You're going to intercede. You're going to stand in the gap for that loved one or for, the, for that friend. Church, remember, you're a king. You're a king. And it's only because of Jesus. We step out and pray with us as the worship team leads us in a song. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to connecting with you next time. And don't forget, you can support us by giving through the Church Center app or by going online at summitwc.com give.